welcome back to the Superhero Marathon. Uh, this is day number 27. Uh, we're almost done with this thing. <laughs> and I'm back here with more MCU ranking. And we're up to phase three, which is one of the absolute best phases of the MCU. Of course, none of it could have been accomplished without phase one and phase two. But, and there's some excellent choices that I've already talked about in those phases. But, man, some of these choices was harder. But in a lot of ways, this phase was harder to rank. Um, especially as I got up towards the top, because there's so many good movies. And that's not something to complain about. It just makes the choices harder. Now, all told, there were 11 different movies in this phase and within those 11 we have of course Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame which as I've already explained in the previous days it's not fair to have those in the rankings because they're always going to be on top so I've pulled the Avengers movies out and ranked them on their own a couple of days ago Um, so I'm only going to be ranking the, the other nine movies in this uh, phase. So let's jump into it. Uh, What is number nine? What is the lowest ranked movie in this series or phase? And uh, it's going to have to be Ant-Man and the Wasp from from 2018. Again, a follow-up to the previous Ant-Man movie. And this was an okay sequel, and it had some interesting new characters and some new developments. But I don't know, I just think it lost the ingenuity of the first movie. It did some other fun, interesting things, and it brought back this cast and side characters as well as the main principals. And eventually, you know, it brought back Janet Van Dyne, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, which is great. But, you know, she was was a small part of the movie, but that was great as a theme and a goal is, is to bring her back and everything. And I was intrigued by the ghost character. And I know that this is supposed to be a smaller stakes type of movie. But I don't know. It just didn't measure up to the other MCU movies as much as Ant-Man did. And even in comparison with Ant-Man, it was a lesser movie. Uh, Not to say I still don't like these characters. Um, I can't complain about the acting. Or, you know, anything like that. It's just... It was less novel and less uh, meaningful than the uh, the other Ant-Man movie. And, and the, the competition in this phase is so strong that, uh, yeah, it, it fell to the bottom. The Number eight, the next movie in, in my ranking here, is uh, Captain Marvel. And I again, I hate to rank it so low because I really enjoyed the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, it had a lot of critics that had an axe to grind against Captain Marvel uh, because she was a woman or something that the actress had said or something. I I can't remember what the whole hubbub was about, but there was a lot of anti-Captain Marvel people. And I buck against that. And and I thought it was a a good movie, compelling to watch. And it, it was a period movie, right? It was going back to 1995, and so it was out of time with the rest of these movies. And we had a younger 
Nick Fury, and we had a younger Agent Coulson in there. Coulson wasn't in a lot, but he was there, and that was cool. And uh, we had the scrolls, which you know I like the scrolls as a villain, but whoa, they weren't villains in this movie. They ended up being allies with us against the Kree, right? Wow, that, yeah, that, that was really strange to me. That That's not why it's ranked low. I thought that was interesting that they were the good guys instead of the bad guys. I guess that's yet to be seen as we continue on with the scrolls in the MCU, but at least for this movie, uh, they ended up being good. I liked a lot of the humor. I liked Brie Larson in this character role. I liked her history. I like her uh, growth as a character and kind of the the revelation at the the end of her taking on who she was. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a a good movie and everything. But again, there's so many other good things in this MCU that that, uh, I had to put it somewhere. And so uh, it did fall here to number eight. And man, it was really hard for me to decide between which one was better between number number seven and number eight. Uh, But I did rank Doctor Strange above Captain Marvel. It was kind of neck and neck there for a while in my my mind. But I think they did a better job. And maybe it was more of a clear story about Doctor Strange. You know, it was pretty much a straight line where with Captain Marvel, there was a lot more back and forth and forgotten memories and Maybe that's why Doctor Strange seemed a little bit more of a solid movie to me than Captain Marvel. I don't know. They're both good. But, uh, yeah, I had to make a decision. So, Doctor Strange is number seven. I liked uh, Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I liked uh, the supporting characters here with with uh, Wong and Rachel McAdams. You know, I know there was more hubbub about the Ancient One being Tilda Swinton. But I thought she did a good job in the role. I, I liked how they played that and how they introduced Mordo into this and Dormammu <laughs> into this. Uh, yeah, anyway, I I liked the movie. It wasn't, again, top tier, but it was good. It was solid. They, they told it a good story all the way through. And, the uh, of course, the imagery was amazing with the mirror universe and all of the magic stuff falling onto the astral plane and going throughout I mean it did a really good job of building the lore um, another example of a maybe a not so likable character that we still root for with Doctor Strange we want him to be a better person and he becomes a better person as the movie progresses and so we're on his side enough but yeah so I, I like Doctor Strange I thought it was pretty good uh, now we get in, and oh, I'm sorry, Ant-Man was 2018, Captain Marvel was 2019, and Doctor Strange was 2016. And so, yeah, it's sometimes it's kind of hard because these movies weren't right next to each other, but uh, I just have to think back on my memory and, and uh, what I liked about these movies. I did not go through and watch rewatch all of the MCU movies to make my rankings, so... <laughs> There's actually two Spider-Man movies in this uh, phase. And uh, number six is the the second one. 
Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, which came out in 2019 and had the arduous task of following Endgame, which was literally the Endgame. I mean, you could have stopped doing MCU movies at that point and called yourself an accomplishment. And then we have Spider-Man Far From Home that comes after that and has to follow that up somehow. And so I thought it was a pretty decent movie. I like Tom Holland as spider I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And I thought the whole intrigue around uh, Mysterio was interesting. Um, it was kind of one of those sequels that has to carry on the plot. And maybe it wasn't the best sequel out there, but it was a good movie. And I, I, liked, the char- I liked the characters enough. And Spider-Man, you know, being one of my favorite Marvel characters, it, it's hard to beat Spider-Man, especially with Tom Holland being such a great actor. Nothing against the other two Spider-Man, but uh, I really like the way that Tom Holland plays it, you know, so innocent, so young. What was it that Rich said? Uh, wide-eyed? The way he plays Spider-Man? And I, and I love that. I love that Peter Parker and that Spider-Man. So, yeah, so that uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, the sequel comes in at number six. Uh, Another sequel comes in right behind it, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which came out in 2017. A great follow-up to Guardians of the Galaxy. Still a lot to love in these characters. Uh, It it expands on the relationship between Peter Quill and Yondu, which was amazing. I love that, the way that they did that. It introduces Mantis, uh, to the Guardians, and she and she ends up being becoming a part of the Guardians, as does Nebula from the first movie. Uh, so that's all good stuff. Uh, and then we have Ego, the Living Planet, uh, played by Kurt Russell, and of course this is again directed by James Gunn, and uh, he brings that fun energy to it, just like he did in the first one. But again, like like some of these sequels, it, it just it does not measure up to the first one. And I liked it a lot, and there were great stakes involved, but uh, a great fun movie. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't measure up to the to the first one. So that's number five on the list. Now the next one on my list has really really jumped up in the uh, the rankings. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. If you notice, the previous days, Thor was always at the bottom of my list. Even though I like the characters in Thor, uh, I uh, I always had that at the bottom of the list. Well, not with Thor Ragnarok. This was a step up. Uh, it was uh, Taika Waititi's take on Thor, and it really was a different take, that's for sure. Uh, but it was so, so good. Uh, we kept the Thor and the Loki relationship going. (laughs) As we may talk about tomorrow, it's hard to do a Thor movie without Tom Hiddleston as Loki in it. Uh, Man, that that relationship, those characters together is just magic, and especially in this one. But we also get Hela, Kate Blanchett as Hela coming in, and uh, totally vicious. And, And even though she comes in and wipes out (laughs) <laughs> my my beloved 
Warriors 3 and uh, much of Asgard. Man, she's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, meanwhile, Thor and Loki are off on, uh, was it Scar? Ruled by the, the Game Master, played by Jeff Goldblum. And uh, we have the Hulk showing up in this as a supporting character. And of course, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk and Bruce Banner uh, showing up. And it was just a great combination of all these characters. Again, it was different than anything we'd ever seen. And eventually, you know, they go fight Hela. But as a result, Asgard is destroyed. Spoilers, sorry. But again, just so fun, so imaginative, uh, so exciting. And uh, really stepped up the level of the Thor movies. And so, yeah, number four is Thor Ragnarok. Uh, boy, these next three. Man, it's, how do you rank these? They're so good. Uh, really, these, these top four uh, were really hard to rank. Uh, but coming in at number three is the, uh, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Uh, Homecoming. Really great reintroduction of Peter Parker. Uh, an MCU Peter Parker. We don't go through the origin story like we have had two other times before. It's a different take. Uh, Tony Stark has discovered Spider-Man has taken him under his his wing. <laughs> I guess you could say I was trying to think of another metaphor there. Uh, but anyway, totally different Spider-Man than we're used to, even in the comics. I mean, I guess he has had some super spider suits in the comics as well. Um, but man, from the start, he's, he's pretty much uh, Iron Lad. <laughs> Here, Spider, Iron Spider kind of thing. But great interaction between Tony Stark and Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Of course, the two actors, Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. You know, I think there was a, that, a similar type of relationship between the actors themselves. Really great roles for these guys. And, uh, yeah, I loved Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Man, the Vulture, to me, as a comic book character, has always been kind of a joke. I've never really cared for the Vulture. Uh, There was a, in in the most recent run of Spider-Man, the Vulture came back, and he was pretty vicious and pretty formidable, which was cool. Uh, But that's the first time I really felt that way in the comics. But, man, Michael Keaton as the Vulture in homecoming knocked it out of the park man and that just for that scene in the car when he's driving peter and his daughter to the prom and michael keaton realizes who tom holland who peter parker is that he is spider-man man that was such a great scene uh one of the best scenes in the marvel in the MCU, I think. Oh, I just love that moment. I loved uh, the interaction between those two. It's it's really a shame they haven't been able to use Michael Keaton as Vulture in a good way since. But man, he was so great in this movie. And really went back to, you have a hero, and you have a villain, and that dynamic is so strong and so good. 
it, it stands alone. That movie stands alone. So great. Love Spider-Man Homecoming. And again, it was hard to go back and forth between that and the number two ranked movie, which was Captain America Civil War. Which one do I like better? Man, it's I guess I ultimately made the decision that Captain America Civil War was better. And I think a lot of that comes <clears throat> comes from my love of the Captain America character, the Steve Rogers character, of course, played by Chris Evans, as I've talked about in the last couple of days. And, you know, this is really a stealth Avengers movie, right? Because we have all of the Avengers appearing <laughs> in this movie and fighting amongst themselves, you know, the main philosophical battle and physical battle between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers is at the core of this. And fighting aside, I really like the friction between the two. We love Tony Stark. We, we love Steve Rogers. And we understand... Well, I guess... Anyway, for the sake of argument, we understand why they're fighting against each other or why their philosophies are so different. And, you know, they've never been the closest... Because they've always come things from such a different direction. But this is just a representation of that. And, you know, to see the the alliances, even amongst the the two combating teams, I I just think they pulled it off. You know, they pulled so much off in such a short amount of time, really, in in one movie. And they brought Ant-Man in, and they brought Spider-Man in. That was the first time we ever saw the MCU Spider-Man played by Tom Holland. And just that scene alone, again, a single scene, but when Spider-Man shows up at the airport and he takes Captain America's shield and he's like, hey guys, how's it going? Oh my gosh, I love that. And uh, the the just the, the gimmick of that his eyes change because he's, he's wearing the iron spider suit or whatever. And oh, I just loved... Spider-Man's entrance into that movie and that that scene, you know, cuz and then just the core character of Steve Rogers and he knows Bucky even as the Winter Soldier, he knows that Bucky is innocent and he knows he needs to save even even against all the evidence and all the things that are going on, Steve knows at the core uh, who and he sticks by his guns. Oh, yeah, we get Black Panther, the first Black Panther ever in this movie. And, man, knocks it out of the park again there with uh, Chadwick Boseman coming in in that role. Man, again, the casting is amazing. And uh, I really liked Black Panther in this movie. And it's a great introduction. It's among all this other stuff that's going on, but it stands out. Even more so than, than Spider-Man, I think. And so, yeah, just so many great elements, but they're all pulled together, and it's still Steve Rogers-centric. Uh, well, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark-centric, but from the point of view, I guess, of, of Steve Rogers. And yeah, the way it, it ends, you know, between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, I, I kind of wish they would have ended a little stronger with them, you know, further apart, not putting out that <clears throat> olive branch at the end, just, you know, leaving it as a strained relationship, I think might have been a little stronger, but that's okay. 
uh, you know, we, we see how that plays out in Infinity War and Endgame, and man, so good, Captain America Winter Soldier, um, no, sorry, Civil War, I just pulled all those elements, I mean, masterfully done, so much to accomplish in that movie, and they do it, so I, I really thought that was great, which leads me to the top number one pick for phase three is uh, Black Panther that came out in 2018. Oh, uh, sorry. Thor Ragnarok was 2017, as was Spider-Man Homecoming. Captain America Civil War was 2016. Um, but like I said, coming in at number one is Black Panther as to in 2018. And... Why did that rise to the top? The performance of so many people in the movie, starting with Chadwick Boseman and all the other characters and Ryan Coogler bringing it home, making it unique, making it different, uh, having a voice, a strong antagonist in Killmonger, who I really don't even know in the comic books, really. When I've heard the name and, you know, knew the basic stuff. But uh, Michael B. Jordan bringing that uh, to the forefront in that movie. Um, and it just felt heavier. Like, it, not in a bad way, but just it felt more meaningful. Embracing this culture of Wakanda. Making it feel real. And so different and unique than anything else we'd seen. In the MCU, yeah, there's a battle at the end between the good guy and the bad guy that is mostly CGI and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it falls into that trap as well. It's not a perfect movie, but man, so such great performances, such great vision and sense of, of place, a culture. Um, it, it, it rolls to the top for me. And, uh, yeah, one of the greatest movies of the MCU is Black Panther. Oh, uh, real quick here before I wrap up. Um, I guess this brings us to the end of the Captain America trilogy. And so just a real quick ranking of those. Uh, I think uh, Captain America First Avenger as number three. Uh, Captain America Civil War as number two. And top of the list is still... Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Love that movie. I, I love all these movies, but uh, that's how I would rank those individual uh, trilogies. I guess there was another trilogy there of Thor movies, but since there's a fourth one, I'll wait till uh, tomorrow to, to rank that one. And so, there you go. There's You may, not, may or may not agree with these rankings in my, uh, that I've come up with for myself. And again, this could change as time goes by. But again, I think even with Phase 3, there's enough time where I can be pretty objective. And, and I feel good about what I picked here. Uh, I'd be interested to see what you guys think. What is your ranking for these movies? Let me know in the comments. Again, head on over to patreon.com slash journey into and uh, check it out over there. Take advantage of the free trials. Um, you've heard this all before, but... Uh, I'm glad that you've been with me on this journey and uh, join me tomorrow for the very last 
episode of the Superhero Marathon. Woo! We finally got to the end of this thing. Anyway, we'll, we'll cap it all off tomorrow. And uh, until then, journey on. The Journey Into podcast is produced under Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means that you are encouraged to share this podcast with as many people as you would like. Uh, but please don't change it or sell it and let people know where you got it from. <laughs>